0: You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. How you doing? We survived the winter. I hope that's all the winter we have. I'm done with it. Ready for spring. Time to move on, right? Uh, I'm, I'm excited about today. I'm excited about this weekend. I'm excited about this series that we're kicking off. Focus 18. Every year God gives a word for us as a church uh, that we really kind of uh, rally around and becomes our focus for the year. And uh, last year for 2017, that word that, that God gave us was capacity. And that led us into a lot of things, uh, a lot of new ministries in our community. We launched our first church plant, and Pastor Trinity has been doing incredible work in Cleburne. We've had uh, salvations, rededications, groups, and volunteers and and reach out in the community, and there's been incredible things going on. I'm having lunch with Trinity this week to get some more uh, updates on on everything that's been happening, and I can't wait to hear that. Uh, We've launched more ministries out of the creek. We've launched more ministries in our community, and I'm excited about what that focus brought for 2017. And um, the whole premise on it was uh, capacity, allowing God to increase our personal capacity for ministry in us so that he can increase the capacity for ministry through us. And that led us through our our process of getting ready to start construction. Last year, we didn't get it kicked off last year, um, but we should be starting in the next two weeks. And I'm not joking with that. Um, We should be starting the next two weeks. You should see some uh, uh, trailers start showing up. They wanted to get it on site before Christmas, but it was raining and contractors are allergic to rain. And so... um, um, and then last week with ice, <laughs> forget that. Um, so we should see some things start uh, being delivered on site and steel and trailers and job site trailers and, and hard hats and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, so we're gonna get that kicked off. And then this year, I'm really excited about uh, the word that God gave me for uh, the church this year um, because this word, is, um, this word is born out of adversity, uh, this word is born out of a really difficult season of ministry that I was walking through this year, um, because while our focus was capacity, God did some incredible things in ministry. I mean, we had, it was, a, it was a record year for the Creek, and we'll go over all that in a couple weeks when we do our State of the Ministry address and everything, but uh, it was an incredible record-breaking year for the Creek Church um, with ministry launched, lives changed, Um people ministered to, the things we got to do, attendance, giving, dollars, all kinds of stuff um, was record-breaking, but it it also was an incredibly difficult season of ministry for me. Um, And uh, this word that God gave me um, really came to me first before it could be given to us as a church, uh, because as the pastor, um, God has to do it in my life before he can do it in our church. As a shepherd, and I'm called to be the shepherd of the creek. And so, if I'm gonna lead you through a gate, I've gotta go through the gate first. And so, this word that God gave us, uh, gave me four months ago for this year, um, was born out of adversity. It's called Simplify. And um, what that means for us as a staff and as a church organization is we've going, we're have we going to focus this year on removing barriers to the gospel. How do we make it easier for people to connect in a relationship with God, and how do we make it easier for people to connect in relationships with each other? Um, and this just isn't a church focus. This isn't just a staff focus. This is something that we all can gain from in this focus, because this word, as I said, was born out of adversity. Um Four months ago, I kind of felt like I hit a wall and uh, spent some time praying, and it was in my office, and uh, it was one of those prayer times that, you know, you can have a regular prayer time. You can have your regular quiet time. You can be kind of tracking in your routines and disciplines in your relationship with God, you know, and doing, you know, they could even become a religious monotony sometimes, and, uh, um, and then you kind of hit those moments where everything gets real. And I had one of those moments one day where it was just everything was complicated, everything was difficult. And I just remember just crying out to God in my office and just going, God, why does it have to be this hard? I know that being a pastor isn't easy. I know that being a pastor is a difficult job. It's difficult to be a good husband. It's difficult to be a good father. It's difficult to be a good employee. It's difficult being a leader. God, I get that life can be difficult, but why is it this hard? And, and at this point, things just I was trying to push things and make things happen and and, and I just felt like uh, nothing happened unless I was driving it the uh, The construction process we were trying to get kicked off. you know we were running into roadblocks with the bank and the loan and and FEMA and floods and Hurricanes and trying to get funding secured and finalized. We we're trying to get plans through the city. And if you tracked with the city in 2017, they made all these changes in the city, and they had permits stuck there for four to six months. And ours was there over four months. Our contractor. We're trying to get things lined out with a contractor and meet with the right company and hire the right company and get things tracking and get things rolling and 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 being. Being working through this process and it was just absolutely difficult. We're trying to launch new ministries and trying to support church plants, and I'm trying to I meet with church planners uh, several times a month, and I really feel it's a value and important thing um, because God's allowed me to plant a successful, healthy church, and so I spend time with church planners because I believe we've got to have healthy churches and more communities so that the gospel can be clearly preached. And it was just everything was difficult. Nothing was really kind of tracking smoothly. And, you know, people go, how are things going? Things are going good. I couldn't even lie and say things are going good. It was just tough. I was just asking God, why does it have to be this hard? And God clearly spoke into my spirit. I, I wish I could tell you I heard the audible voice of God, but he spoke so clearly in my soul that I know it was him. He said, Matt, it doesn't have to be this hard. I said, well, why is it this hard? And God said, because you're making it hard. You're complicating things. And he took me to this passage in Matthew chapter 11. And he began to minister to me through this passage and this whole concept and identity of simplifying things in my life started four months ago, started in August. And I thought, this is just a word for me because there's things that God takes me through for me, not for us. There are things God takes me through for me, not for the benefit of you seeing me go through them. But then there's some things God takes me through because I've gotta lead you through it. And this is one of those processes. And this is the focus for 2018 that I feel like our church, our entire church body needs to focus on. And in Matthew chapter 11, God just began to to minister to me with this this beautiful passage. When, When he said this, this is Jesus speaking. And he says, at the time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. And Jesus said, goes on to say, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's some beautiful character of God coming out in this passage. We see the incredible rock of the sovereignty of God, that he is in control, that he's the author of revelation, that it is he, God alone, who opens our eyes so that we can see him for who he is. And then there's a responsibility that you and I have as a result of God's sovereignty. And it's when Jesus offers this invitation out of the complicated. Because that day in my office, I felt Jesus just saying, you need to step out of the areas of your life that you have made it absolutely complicated, and you're getting in my way. And this invitation was just, it was beautiful. And I think it can benefit every one of us in this room today, and those that are listening online. That Jesus offers an invitation to walk in freedom from the complicated. And the first thing Jesus says in this invitation is, Come to me. And, and this, was, this was something that, that really had I had to get back to a simplified level of. Because I'd made ministry complicated. I'd made so many things in my life complicated, and I just had to get back to that simple invitation where Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Matt, you're exhausting yourself. Come to me. Now, I gave my life to Jesus and placed my faith in Jesus as my Lord and Savior when I was 14 years old. That was was when it was real in my life. And I walked with God, and in my teenage years, I really messed a lot of things up. But, but I, I made a decision with my life and my faith to place it in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And this invitation was continue to come to me for this rest because I get in this cycle of just exhausting myself. Life on its own does not move in a rhythm that creates rest. Life on its own does not move in a rhythm that creates simplicity of life. And Jesus says, you have to take that time out and step away and come to me for that rest. And what's beautiful about this invitation is it's not something we do, because we're in this mode of doing and doing and doing and doing, and we we complicate faith by things we have to do with faith, and too many times people are on this checklist of religion with God of okay, I've got to do church, I've got to go to church, Um, it's another thing I got to do, I gotta I gotta put some money in the giving stations so maybe God will bless my finances or I gotta do this, I gotta serve here, I gotta go here, I gotta do this, I gotta do this and we just exhaust ourselves and complicate faith and when Jesus is saying is come to me, it's not about the do, it's about coming to who and Jesus is is railing earlier in the chapter, Matthew chapter 11 about the religious leaders because they had made faith so complicated. They had set up this extremely complicated system of religion about what you could and couldn't do and how you could and couldn't approach God and who was in the grace of God and who was outside of the grace of God. And Jesus is just saying, this is a simple process. You who are weary from all of this beating up of life, come to me and I will give you rest. And it's this rest that he gives it's not a rest I produce. It's a rest that he gives. And he says, come to me, you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And, and this, was, uh, this was something interesting for me because he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me explain to you what a yoke is. Uh, think of it in agricultural term that you can have a yoke of oxen. So two oxen that are going to be used to plow a field. And a yoke would be a wooden mantle that would be laid on the neck of the ox. And they would form a pair. And these two oxen would then move in tandem in this yoke for the purpose of plowing the field. And... and To take on a yoke in this context of Jesus speaking that my yoke is easy, my burden is light, take my yoke upon you is saying that we become a disciple of Jesus, that we take on this yoke, that we are now connected to Jesus through this relationship, that faith connects us to a relationship and gives us the rest that comes from God, this this deep rest that comes from obedience and and peace in our life, and he says, you you take my yoke upon you Upon you, and this would have been absolutely familiar language to the disciples he was speaking to, because as a disciple, <clears throat> these young Jewish men would have grown up with a desire to follow a rabbi. They would have grown up with a desire to have a rabbi say, take my yoke upon you, come follow me. That's why when we see the disciples, when Jesus approaches and says, come follow me, they leave everything to follow him because everything in their mind and their upbringing said, I grew up in a Jewish tradition and this is what I studied and this is what I wanted to do. And everything within me wanted to have a rabbi say, come and follow me. What's incredible when you look at the people who Jesus chooses to, to uh, choose to ask to follow him, they were not the best of the best because what would happen is these young men would grow through the school. Those who had the most promise would move on to the next step. Those who did not show the promise were brought brought in the office and said, you just need to go home and learn your father's trade. Find it beautiful that Jesus is calling fishermen because he's not going after the best of the best. And he would say, take my yoke upon you. This yoke is the message, the ministry of the rabbi. Jesus' message in his ministry is redemption and forgiveness. That The father has been revealed to the son and the son is revealing the father to the world. And Jesus' ministry and his message, his yoke, his purpose, is our salvation and redemption and reconciliation. So he says, take my yoke, take my message, take my reconciliation, take my redemption, take my salvation upon you. And he says, my yoke is easy. I got to clarify this for you because it, it can... It can be easy to think that when we give our life to Jesus, that life becomes easy. Or we try to help people understand that Jesus will make your life easier. That's not always the case. I've got to speak the truth to you. I mean, there are people at the creek whose testimony is, when I gave my life to Christ, when I accepted salvation, I was forgiven of my sin, and I became a new creation, life got more difficult. There are many times in my life that my life gets exponentially more complicated because I'm trying to live a life that pleases God instead of just stepping into my flesh and doing life how I want to do it, that it complicates my life sometimes trying to please, pursue, and follow Jesus. The Apostle Paul in Scripture was persecuting Christians Jesus shows up on the road to Damascus, radical transformation. Paul's a church-planning machine, preaches the gospel. Millions of lives are saved and changed over centuries and millennia because of his faithfulness to the gospel. But he said, the gospel's the best thing that ever happened in my life, but it's also the hardest thing that has ever happened in my life. He would write, it's because of the gospel that I write this letter to you In chains. So we can't walk away thinking Jesus makes life easy. What does it mean that he says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light? It's literally translated easy means well fitting. Take my well fitting yoke upon you. You ever been in something that's not well fitting? Maybe a relationship, job. My clothes aren't well fitting right now. We're, we're after Christmas. You know, we're in that, we're in a new season where I love elastic. You know, I gotta start back to the gym next week. We're starting to fast tomorrow. But there's some things that aren't well fitting. What Jesus is saying is my yoke for you is well fitting. I have a life that we we have a savior, we have a a, a creator who knew us and formed us in our mother's womb, who knit us together, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Each one of you, each one of us, are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are a masterpiece of the creator. In Ephesians 2, he says, I created you in advance for good works. I've created a purpose for your life. I've created a focus for your life. And when you yoke yourself up to me, you have then accepted this well-fitting purpose for your life. The challenge where we get, where we complicate things is, is stop trying to wear someone else's yoke. Stop trying to live someone else's life. There's so many times we complicate things by looking at the people around us, in church, out of church. We look at neighbors, we look at coworkers, we look at bosses, we look at employees, we look at uh, other people in studies that we're with. And going, If my life were just like that, of course it would be more simple. We look at the externals of a marriage and make a judgment that their marriage is more solid than ours and think, well, yes, if my marriage looked like that on the outside, my life would be more simple. If my kids behaved more like their kids, then my life would be more simple. If my job were their job, my life would be more simple. It's not well fitting for you. Their job is well-fitting for them. Their kids, their marriage, it's well-fitting for them. You need to take on the yoke that Jesus has created you for that is well-fitting for you. So when you yoke up next to Jesus, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light because he's carrying it. And you're living in this purpose. You're living in this open life that you realize I was created for this, that there is a purpose for my life. There is a hope and a future for my life. He says, take my yoke upon you. First John tells us that his commandments aren't a burden. We create the burden. And so we come to him, we take his yoke. Because I've got to tell you, I spent a lot of time this year trying to take on a yoke that I wasn't supposed to be taking on. There were responsibilities in ministry and there were responsibilities for other ministries that I was trying to take on. And let me tell you what a freeing moment it was to have the courage to take it off and set it to the side and hand it to another pastor and say, that's your yoke. That's not mine. That's your church to lead. That's not mine. That's your ministry to run. That's not mine. Take my yoke upon you. And then Jesus says, learn from me. See, you and I, are not called just to salvation. You and I are called to a process of learning, of growing, of expanding. And and this is a this is a this is a challenge for us. It's a challenge for every one of us. Because even you go back and you look at capacity, that our, our focus was capacity last year. It doesn't mean because it's a new year, we don't focus on capacity. But but Capacity is one of those interesting things that, that we will get as much as we're comfortable with, and then we just kind of stagnate. And this is true in relationships. Our relationships will only go to the level of intimacy that we're comfortable going. Our job is only going to be as rewarding and fulfilling as we're comfortable going into it. Um, it's the principle of the alligator in the aquarium. You can take a baby alligator, put it in an aquarium, and it's not going to outgrow the aquarium. You and I experience the same thing. And we, we get ourselves into this confined comfort, and it begins to stagnate. I see it in churches, I see churches stop growing. Because the pastor, the leader, and the church is unwilling to say, I need to get out of this box, and I need God for you to expand. I need to learn how to do things differently so that I can be who you've called me to be and not limit myself based on my environment. And I wrestled with some of those feelings this year, like, okay, the creek's big enough, well, maybe this maybe this is it. Maybe we don't maybe we don't need to reach any more people. See, looking back, you see how crazy that sounds? But in the moment when life is complicated and life is difficult, you realize I don't have the capacity to grow anymore. So you either do one of two things. You stop growing and, and eventually you start dying, or you get out of that box and you start growing. Praise God, your pastor stepped out of the box in August and said, grow me, God. And lives are being changed as a result because the gospel can work more deeply in my life so it can work more deeply in our lives. And I can lead you through a gate that I walk through. And we, we, when we learn from, from Jesus, um, the more we learn about him, we find this deeper peace Um, because we can trust him more. And and I hear people say, well, how how do I learn? How do I learn from Jesus? Because I don't have the benefit of Jesus standing here. I mean, when we read scripture, it says that Jesus stood up or Jesus was there and he said this, you know, how do I learn from Jesus? Let me tell you something. I I spend time in this word and, and I see an amazing character of Jesus who is my savior. I see an amazing character of my father and I can spend time learning who he is. And I can spend that time, even the day I hit the wall, and said, why does it have to be this complicated? And God said, it doesn't. Learn from me. He takes me to Matthew 11. We've got to put that word in our hearts so the Holy Spirit can continue to draw it back out. Otherwise, I'd just sit, be sitting in my office. Okay, it doesn't have to be this hard. What does that mean? How do I, where do I go from here? And God starts to minister to me through his word that is hidden in my heart because I've spent time learning his word. I I've Spent time learning how Jesus interacted and how Jesus would not let himself get overly complicated and exhausted and say, I'm gonna take a rest. And so we've gotta learn. learning. We got Bible studies starting in a couple weeks. January 17th, men's and women's study kick off on Wednesday night. I'll be leading the men's Bible study this semester. Ladies, your semester kicks off the 17th. Let me tell you something, men and women, if you want to be in that study, you need to sign up today because capacity is an issue. (laughs) Construction ain't started yet. I hope it's only two more semesters that we got to face You know the, the tightness that we feel amongst the room. But Also know this, the more we preach, the more we learn, the more we study, that room's gonna fill up again and we'll figure it out again. Freedom Ministry is kicking off in a couple weeks. By the way, the testimonies on on the video, those are all testimonies from Creek people who have gone through the last couple semesters of our freedom ministry. Here's my belief about the freedom ministry. Everybody in this church needs to go through it. Sometimes we don't know what we got until we start cleaning stuff out. A couple weeks ago, I was cleaning out my closet. Um, I've only lived in this house seven years, and I don't know how I've collected the amount of junk I got in my house. But I go way back in my closet and find some stuff. I found, let me tell you, I found a, 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 a magazine. Well, it wasn't a magazine. It was like the, like the um, you know when you go to a ball game and they give you the, the brochure? Yeah, the program. I found one of those from 1986. (laughs) I lived in Durham, North Carolina. We used to go sometimes to the racetrack, that little NASCAR racetrack on Friday nights. 1986 races that I had the program for. I was like, why in the world have I hung on to this for all these years? I found all kinds of stuff. I found a book that my grandparents gave me on my fourth birthday that I was able to give to my granddaughter this last week. All kinds of stuff. I "I didn't know I had this. Here's the thing about the freedom ministry. You get in there, you're not going to realize the stuff you've been hanging on to that's caused issues in your life and unforgiveness and areas of uh, uh, lacking in freedom until you get in there and start cleaning it out. I think everybody in the church needs to go through the freedom ministry. That's a way to learn. It's a way to get practical and tangible with this. and I want to look at that. Kind of, I want to look at this practically and tangibly for just a few minutes because um, it can get difficult identifying areas of our life that are complicated and, and letting the Holy Spirit do the work of leading us into simplicity. And it doesn't mean that, that life becomes easy with simplified. I mean, following Jesus isn't easy, but it's always worth it. It comes with a cost. But it's always worth it. And Jesus does not make it complicated to know him. But this week, I complicated even the study of this message. Because I sat in my office and go, okay, God, remind me of a specific time. I want to go to a specific place in scripture where somebody didn't listen to you and their life got complicated. And I think for the first time in my life, I heard the audible voice of God. And it was A laugh. Three and a half hours later, after story, after story, after story, after story, after story, after story, after king, after story, after story, after after king, after king, after the nation of Israel, after the disciples, after all of these people that had decided, I'm not going to listen to you, God, and they find their life incredibly complicated so I was like, "Okay, God, so how do I teach this this weekend? What is it? What's the root here? You know? He said, "Go back to the beginning." So I go to Genesis chapter three, and sin complicates life. I mean, there's two major areas. Sin complicates life. In Genesis chapter three, I want to read this to you. This is after God comes into the garden after Adam and Eve's sin, and he brings his judgment as a result. In verse 16, he says, to the woman, God said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Huh. Are children complicated? I mean, kids, are, kids tend to not, compl- kids have a real simple view of the world. They don't complicate things, but as a parent, kids complicate life. I'm just saying Maybe it's just my kids. Love you, baby. <laughs> your desire, women, shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Is marriage complicated? Don't say amen. <laughs> <The> rhetorical. <laughs> some, some, I'm sorry, guys. Y'all just got elbowed. That's going to bruise. That's going to leave a mark. It's compl- relationships are Complicated. Sin complicates life. To Adam, he said, because you've listened to the voice of your wife, he probably, that's why men never listen to their wife anymore. I just, (laughs) wow, that's revelation. I think revival's getting ready to break out, man. And the Holy Spirit just lit that up on the page. That's why I don't, I'm just kidding. Anyway, because you <laughs> listen to the voice of your wife and you have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the plants of the field and by the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust and the dust you will return. Job. Career, life, relationships are all complicated, and sin brought the complication, and you and I are born into the system of sin. Romans 5 teaches us that in Adam, because of Adam's sin, all have sinned. Death reigned from the time of Adam. You and I are born into a system that's complicated, and we're trying to figure out the complication, And isn't it amazing how complicated we make life trying to cover up our sin? I mean, Adam and Eve did it. I mean, a fig leaf, really? God's not gonna notice. Think about the things that we do to try to cover up our sin. But here's what God says about our sin. What you try to cover, I will uncover but what you uncover before me, I will cover. See, in the garden after this, God made Adam and Eve clothes. The first death of scripture is recorded. An animal died so that God could cover the shame of the sin. It's a foreshadowing of Jesus. You and I have a way to deal with the sin that so entangles and complicates our life. And it can be exhausting. The other thing that complicates life is self. And maybe it's just me, but I tend to get in God's way. I tend to be a person that um, likes to tell God how it should be done and I can over-spiritualize things. I mean, I'll be in my prayer time. I'll be praying, God, here's what I think you should do. Maybe this is just a confession booth for Matt today. I don't know. But uh, it's a new year, new me, new you. But um, my favorite verse, one of my life verses, Isaiah 26.3, God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. So I will say, God, I know that you will keep me in peace because my mind is focused on you. And so here's what I think you should do. I'm not the only one, huh? (laughs) Are you just laughing at me because I am? But the self gets in the way. And another word for self is flesh. And Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 8. He says, those who live according to the flesh, those who live according to the self, have their minds set on the self, have their minds set on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, notice spirit is capitalized. That's the Holy Spirit, that there are two things. There is self that is trying to feed, and there's spirit that is trying to feed me. And those who have their minds set on the things of the spirit, um, those will experience things of the spirit. And so for the mindset on the flesh is death. The mindset on the spirit is life and, wait, peace. Have you ever noticed when life is overly complicated, there's no peace? That myself can get in the way. And I have this incredible ability to take something that I know God wants to bless me with and turn it into an incredible burden. It has to do with timing and us getting in the way because there are things, yes, listen to me, there are things that God wants to give you in your life that are going to be an incredible blessing, but they have to come in his time. If they do not come in his time and you try to rush it and and try to do it on your own, then you will take something that is an incredible blessing and make it an incredible burden. And that's how we get in the way. Sin and self constantly complicates life. When I find myself in the complexity and I'm sitting there going, why does it have to be this hard? God says it doesn't because you're in the way. And there's a beautiful solution to it. It's the invitation to walk in freedom. Come to me, take my yoke and learn from me. It's the simple gospel, the simple message of the gospel that Jesus died for us and he rose again so that we could have a life that was more simple. Over the next 21 days, we're gonna do some intentional things in this focus series. Starting tomorrow, we're starting a 21-day fast and so some of y'all get real concerned about a fast, don't complicate it. What do I fast? Can I not eat for 21 days? Sure, go ahead. I'll do your funeral in 25 days. Some of y'all are like, I'm gonna fast caffeine. Let me, let me challenge you. Let me encourage you and challenge you and be honest with you. We're gonna hate you next week. But we'll love you in 21 days. But what do I fast? Fast is this. See, there's self and their spirit. Myself has appetites. A fast says, God, I'm foregoing a self-appetite for the spirit to feed me. So if it's caffeine for you, some of, y'all need to, some of y'all need to fast caffeine. Some of y'all need to fast alcohol. Some of y'all need to fast whatever it is. Here's a way to identify it. What is the thing that when your life gets really complicated and stressed out that you go to first? That might identify an appetite of the self that needs to be fasted so the spirit can feed you. And over the next 21 days, we're gonna be doing devotions together. We have a 21-day devotion that's published on our website. It's available now. It's a great compliment to the fast. They're written by Creek people. And it's on our website. You go to www.thecreekfw.com. At the top of that page, there's a beautiful picture of Creek people. You scroll down, it says Focus 18. Click here for your devotion. You can download the entire devotion guide and follow along with us. You can interact with us on Facebook all all the 21 days. But this is all designed to help us focus on simplifying some things around our faith and our life. And we can do this together. I'm excited about this. I'm pumped about what God's gonna do in our church, in my life, and in your life this year. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for your simple invitation. And we come to you right now. We come to you and and we just lay it all down. All the stuff that we've been carrying, all the areas of life that we have complicated, everything, we just lay at your feet. We come to you. And we ask for an exchange this morning. We ask for a new yoke. We ask for the yoke of of slavery and sin that we have fitted ourselves with that doesn't work anymore. We're asking you to place your well-fitting, purposeful life upon us. And we ask you to get us out of ourselves, to learn from you, to be willing to step into a new season, to get out of the boundaries that, that we've fenced ourselves in with we can continue this process of learning and growing and experiencing a deeper peace and a deeper surrender in our life with you. We want to learn from you, Jesus. We trust you. We love you. And we praise you in your powerful name. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at